the UFC does all kinds of big brand deals. Modelo, Toyo Tires, Monster Energy, those pizzas that are shaped like the octagon. Oh, and of course, P3, the official UFC snack. That hasn't stopped the promotion, though, from doing downright bizarre collaborations to cross-promote with other brands and public figures over the years. And today we're going to take a look at the 10 that made us scratch our heads the most. These are the goofiest, the strangest, and the just downright most ridiculous. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are the 10 weirdest collaborations the UFC has ever done. Number 10, The Rock. All right, so you've got The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history, the biggest movie star in the world, $10 billion at the box office, one of the most famous people on the planet. He's actually put together an exploratory committee to consider running for U.S. president, and he wants to work with you, the UFC. Now, what type of collaboration might you think to do? I'm sure your very first answer was shoes. Shoes. That's right, the UFC and The Rock are now officially footwear partners. And per a multi-year deal, Johnson will be providing the shoes for the UFC fight kits that are worn all fight week and then, of course, as the fighters make their way out to the cage. Project Rock, as they're calling it, started at UFC 270 and sounds like it's going to last at least through 2024. Very soon, you will be able to get your very own The Rock UFC shoes. Johnson's brand has partnered with Under Armour for a few years now, and so the BSR2 model shoes that are currently available on their website are are essentially exactly what the UFC shoes are, they just don't have the UFC logo on them. A few years back, Dwayne put the BMF belt around Jorge Masvidal's waist following UFC 244. That was in collaboration regarding the Mark Kerr movie The Rock was making that has apparently disappeared entirely. Number 9. Lords Mobile The embedded series that the UFC produces for each of their pay-per-view events is arguably the best content the promotion puts out that isn't actual fighting. And while the UFC and their brand partners are certainly prominently figured and strategically placed throughout the week's episode, episodes, in the lead-up to UFC 265, the promotion did a really bizarre embedded brand deal. You see what I did there? In episode 4, Mike Chiesa, who was in the feature bout against Vicente Luque, can be seen chilling in his room, something we often get in an embedded episode, and he's passing the time by playing a game on his phone, this strategy game called Lord's Mobile. Chiesa then proceeds to basically do a full-on ad read in the guise of him just explaining this game he's playing. He didn't start it with, oh hey guys, this episode of Embedded is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends or some shit either. Either. He's just like, yeah, I've been playing this to pass the time on fight week, and it's really fun. I've been playing Lords Mobile a lot this fight week, and it's got this really cool mode called Tower Defense, which is really cool. You gotta kind of like pick what guys you're gonna send out on the field and, and uh, pick towers and things like that. It's the entire segment, too. We don't get anything else from this hotel room visit. Just a minute-long ad basically right in the middle of the episode. The comments section was not kind. I guess the UFC have officially become YouTubers, though. Hope Mike at least got a couple bucks for having to do that shoot a couple days before a fight. Number eight. Snoop Dogg. You know who the world just couldn't get enough of in 2017? Snoop Dogg, apparently. And by the world, I largely mean the UFC. The legendary rapper turned celebrity caricature commercial spokesperson has always been a big favorite of Dana White. And that year, he thought it would be fantastic to have the dog father as part of the team in some way. Their idea, the Snoop Cast, which would serve as an alternate commentary option on Fight Pass for the newly started Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. If you didn't want to hear expert professionals who diligently researched the fighters that week in order 
order to provide you with the best possible understanding of the bout, you could switch over to Snoop Dogg's alternate commentary and hear him high as fuck, making fun of knocked out fighters and generally just being a big old goof. Snoop was accompanied by Uriah Faber, and their booth would have to be moved away from cage side so the marijuana smoke wouldn't reach the combatants. After a few weeks, fighters like Ally Aquinta and Matt Brown began speaking out against the commentary as they found it disrespectful towards the athletes. Get back in that room and go to bed. Get to bed! The partnership would only last for that first season, but not before it got Snoop a gig on EA UFC 3, where he commentates the knockout mode. Calvin's gone on to commentate for Triller and a few other sports. Apparently, people just love it. Not me. Number 7. The Nelk Boys. I have to admit, as a man in his mid-30s, I had to look up the Nelk Boys. I didn't know what the fuck a Nelk Boy was, and I'm still not entirely sure. But they're some kind of YouTube pranksters and jokesters who have a massive following in the dude bro sect. Probably around 18 to 21 if I had to guess. Anyway, Dana White absolutely loves these guys. Or at the very least, loves working with a brand that largely appeals to an audience the UFC is hoping to continue will grow in the future. And as of late, they've been collabing on all kinds of stuff. Dana bought one of their NFTs, apparently, because of course they have NFTs. The UFC and Full Send, their brand, have done all kinds of cross-promoting. One of them did a shoey with Tai Tuivasa after a win. They bought Dana a $300,000 minivan because you get it, he's more than double their age. Anyway, these dude bros now have their own UFC fighter. Last month, in a special episode of Dana White's Looking for a Fight, the Nelkers and Big D attended FAC 12 in order to find the first ever full send fighter. What that means is the fighter will be sponsored by the YouTubers, and I'm sure have special branding on his fight gear. As of this writing, who was chosen has not been announced. Number 6. Eminem. I have no idea whose idea this was, but apparently it worked because a whole bunch of people bought it. Three days before UFC 257, Brennan Schaub tweeted out what appeared to be a very brief clip of Eminem talking shit to Dana White on SportsCenter. The best part about your opinion is that it doesn't matter, and if every fighter that you had listened to your opinion when you doubted him, you wouldn't have a League, so. The video made the rounds on social media as you would expect, with fans speculating what the hell Dana White had done to piss off the rapper, or why they were even together at all. Also, why did Shab have footage of this but nobody else? Does he have a special ESPN that only he can access? And why did he include the official UFC 257 hashtag? Despite many a folk not thinking this one through in the moment, yeah, it was a cross-promotion for UFC 257, and not a real thing as you might have guessed by now. The full interview appears in the music video for Eminem's song Higher and is very obvious Obviously fake. Listen, I'm a huge Eminem fan, but this is a tough one. Which is why it was smart to only play those nine seconds out of context, because it at least made it semi-believable. The song was featured on the pay-per-view that weekend. The whole thing was actually a pretty genius bit of marketing, although certainly weird enough to make our list. Higher has 27 million views on YouTube, so I'd say this one was a pretty big success. Although with Connor on the card, did they really need Eminem? Number five, Action Bronson. If I asked you to write down unlockable special characters in EA UFC that you could imagine them actually putting in the game, how long until you got to Action Bronson. Fans were certainly surprised and a bit confused when the rapper, chef, Vice TV star, and coffin salesman from The Irishman posted on July 8th of last year a video detailing his training for being included in EA UFC 4 as free DLC the moment the post dropped. The two-part docu-style video shows Bronson, who had recently lost 100-plus pounds, working out in a UFC Venom fight kit and training jiu-jitsu along with some footage of him from the game. Now, you're probably wondering how we got here. Did the UFC literally just pull a random celebrity name out of a hat? 
I mean, they've had some oddball special fighters in the game in the past. Joe Rogan, Bruce Buffer, Dana White. But at least those make sense given their relationship to the UFC. Action is a big MMA fan, but I mean, so is Jason. Why isn't Jason in the game? Well, Bronson participated in a virtual fight card the year previous as part of an EA campaign to help promote the release. So that's likely where the partnership began. I personally don't mind random characters that are free. Add as many people as you want. Here's hoping in EA UFC 5 we get Guy Fieri as an unlockable fighter. Number four, the Detroit Pistons. Finally, after all this time, the UFC and the Detroit Pistons got together. As weird as that combo is, maybe it does make sense. After all, the team was involved in the greatest fight in non-combat sports history. In 2015, Stan Van Gundy and the Pistons were on a five-year playoff drought, so it was decided as a team-building exercise they would send their players to go train some MMA with the UFC. In exchange, Forrest Griffin, Aljamain Sterling, Stipe Miocic, and Ryan LaFlair headed to Detroit to learn some basketball. They had them running the courts, doing basketball drills, measuring verticals, all that fun stuff. Then a few weeks later, 14 Pistons players were sent to Vegas for a whole week to bond and get a crash course in MMA. The training took place at the Tough facility. This was before the Performance Institute existed, and it looked like everybody had a good time. Stefan Struve was there, I assume because he's the only UFC fighter as tall as these guys, and even Joanna Basketball participated. All in all, the UFC fighters kind of got the short end here. They learned basketball, which is only good for basketball. The Pistons learned to kick somebody's ass, and that's always useful. This is not the first UFC-NBA collab, though. Here's a video of Atlanta Hawk Al Horford trying to teach John Jones how to dunk terribly. Number three, U.S. Presidents. That S at the end of president making it plural was not a mistake. You probably already know the first guy, but I bet you don't know the second one. As I'm sure most of you are aware, the UFC and Donald Trump had quite a bit of interaction during his presidency. Their relationship goes all the way back to when Zufa first bought the promotion, and Trump held their shows at his venue in New Jersey, a time when it wasn't exactly that easy to get MMA booked. Prior to his election, Dana White stumped for Trump at the RNC, and a few years after he won, they made a Fight Pass documentary called The Combatant in Chief. That was a big old fluff piece that explored his relationship with combat sports. Trump also attended UFC 244 while he was actively in office. So who's the other president? Joe Biden. Oh yeah, that's right. He wasn't president at the time. He was vice president. But yes, in 2010, a sweater wearing Dana White happily explained to Ariel Helwani that the vice president of the United States called him and asked if he could help get younger people out there voting. It was cool. Uh, actually, he was a very nice guy. He was fun to hang out with and uh, I-, I had a good time. I was honored. Specifically for Nevada's Harry Reid. You know, and, and the fact that, you know, the vice president of the United States called on me to, to come out and, and, and try to get young people to vote. Uh, I'm honored, man. As White put it, when the vice president of the country calls you, you go. Dana took Chuck Liddell with him, and the two appeared at a political rally for the senator. Number two, Mike Judge and John Chris Faluzzi. Have you ever wanted to see Hank Hill from King of the Hill and George Licker from Ren and Stimpy arguing about who would win a fight between John Jones and Daniel Cormier in the style of the Ren and Stimpy show? No, you didn't just have a stroke. This was an actual promotional video for UFC 200. Mike Judge and John Chris Faluzzi teamed up to lend their voices, and in the case of John, animation, in order to promote what was to be UFC 200's main event, if they only knew. In the animated short, Hank is convinced the DC will win because of junk food, while George thinks there's no way he can beat John Jones. Hilariously, he mentions that JBJ's been packing on the muscle recently. Ho <laughs> ho, if you only knew how prophetic that observation would be, George Licker. The animation also features Ren and Stimpy-style versions of Jones and Cormier, with DC shown chowing down on some cake while sitting on a stool in the cage and leaning on a pig while being punched in the stomach by an anthropomorphic chicken. Now I think I just had a stroke. The bit ends with a UFC 200 promo. This has been pulled from the UFC's YouTube channel, but lives buried on their Facebook page. Considering the fight's cancellation and what we've learned about 
Chris Faluzzi in years since, I'm guessing the UFC is glad this one's hard to find now. Number one, Bright. This is the weirdest shit ever. In the lead up to UFC 207, the promotion partnered with Netflix to advertise their new original film, Bright, that had come out a week earlier. It's an action buddy cop type movie where fantasy creatures exist in a modern setting, and I don't have time to get into it, but orcs are considered a lower class in this universe. So what the UFC did is create a four minute short film about the first ever orc fighter to get into the UFC. It starts with a recreation of the famous paparazzi video where Dana was asked about women fighting in the octagon. Then from there we meet Blue Carnage. They treat this like they do any fighter promo package you might see in the lead up to a pay-per-view. Matt Sarah finds this orc and decides he wants to train him. Sarah is able to convince Dana to give him a fight, and so he's got a bout scheduled with Travis Brown, quite the debut opponent. They interview Brown about it and he talks some shit. You know the guy has no experience? They're gonna get a knockout. They show the intros and then Travis KOs Blue Carnage in like two seconds. Then this thing goes off the fucking rails. Matt Sarah is comforting Blue Carnage back at the gym and reveals that he himself is also an orc. He's been hiding it his entire life. This is canon now. Matt Sarah is an orc. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.